Welcome to the 222 Paranormal Podcast, starring your host, Spooky Joe Shortridge, and me. That's right. Chupacabra Jen. Chupacabra Jen. <laughs> That's how I'm looking and feeling these days. <laughs> You're an animal. Well, yeah. Yeah. Mangy. <laughs> What uh, a busy week. Oh my gosh, we you guys, are, it's almost Christmas. It's almost, it is almost Christmas. It's almost the end of the year. It seems like yesterday was last January. It's you know, like the, sure. the year is just going by so fast, but we're getting a lot done. We You've are. accomplished a lot. Yeah, yeah. Your Poshmark sales are doing good. You're getting a lot of good feedback on Epic, and that's yeah. mainly because. You got your book written. Yeah, but I was looking at your Poshmark page mm-hmm. and you can click on the link. I'll put it in the show notes. You've got some really high end stuff going. I found some good bargains this year. Yeah. Like amazing things. So, you know, it's just, you know, we're all doing what we can do to help yeah. supplement and it's a really easy platform to use. And if you guys um, want more info about it, just DM me and I'll, I'll yeah. send you like my code and everything. And you can just, Click on the show notes. I'll put the link in the yeah. description. Yeah. And you guys, uh, always check out the show notes. We always put fun and interesting things in there. Yeah. Your New Year's resolution is to dress better for a better price. Yeah. So click on Jen's page. And if you're interested in changing your life, click on the link in the show notes of my book. It is getting some great reviews also. So yeah. speaking about books and authors and that, we have a great guest today. Bronx-born Eleanor Wagner raised her family in rural Sussex County, New Jersey. But long before she began writing books, she spent her years as Penny Whistle, the party clown, named after the Pennywise dancing clown from the Stephen King's movie It. She's also the founder of the Lady Ghostbusters Paranormal Investigation Team. Eleanor wrote her first book, Dream a Little Dream, a psychological thriller with a romantic edge, which has received a five-star rating. That book was released on Halloween in 2019. Sussex County Hauntings and Other Strange Phenomena is her first nonfiction novel, which inspired her to start her paranormal team. Sussex County Hauntings and Other Strange Phenomena Part 2 was released in 2020, and Part 3 was released in 2022. Also in 2001, Eleanor wrote, Warren County Hauntings and Other Strange Phenomenon. She also wrote a children's book called Janine Bean Meets Marvis the Camel. And she is currently working on her second fiction supernatural romance novel. She is a host of her own podcast, Eleanor Wagner's Strange and Scary World, out of the Paranormal UK radio network. And a live show, Eleanor Wagner's Creeping It Real, which is streamed through Eleanor Wagner's YouTube channel and is also available everywhere you get your podcast from, which I will be on on the 22nd, so tune in there. She has served twice on the Romance panel and once on the Paranormal panel for Milford Authors and Writers Festival. She has also presented at the Boontown Book Festival in fall of 2021. She is named on Fran Briggs' Best of Winter Reading in 2009 and also has been featured on Paranormal Caught on Camera in November of 2020, discussing her investigation of the Sterling Hill Mines. She's also been a featured guest on WTBG's 
Tailored World in Warwick. She's been a featured guest on over 50 podcasts, top-selling author at Broad Street Books and Black Dog Books in Lafayette, featured in American Paranormal Magazine and Lake Hopkins News. Her short story, Nothing There, has been featured in The Right Buzz magazine. She also enjoys reading, singing, hiking, swimming, and gardening. So let's welcome to the show, Eleanor Wagner. Hi, thanks so much for having me. We're so excited that you're here in this wonderful Christmas season. I'm grateful. Yeah, so, Eleanor. Oh, I know. I'm we, so excited. I can't believe Christmas is next week. I know. Uh, Are you ready? Are you ready is the question. <laughs> that's what we were just talking about in the intro. I'm always ready. Good. Yeah. Good for you. Come on over to my house. I need some wrapping <laughs> done. <laughs> but it's haunted, so I'm telling you, you know, you have to come over and hang out with the ghosts. <laughs> the ghosts are celebrating the holidays, too. Absolutely, yes. absolutely. So give us a little bit about your background. What sparked your interest in the paranormal? Well, I've been sensing spirits since I was a kid, and I'm empathic. But I have always enjoyed true account stories of ghosts. My favorite place in New Jersey is Cape May, which is extremely haunted. And I would go there every summer and buy the newest book on the hauntings because, of course, hauntings never change there. There's always something new popping up, something new that happens to somebody that they write about. And it gave me the idea to write about it here in Sussex County where I live because I know it's haunted. I owned a haunted gift shop at one point mm. and I put it out there on social media and asked the public if they wanted to share their stories and that's how it, it started actually I had written a um, psychological thriller and put the second one on hold to start writing the true account pointing stories and it just has not stopped since <laughs> it led to the paranormal team which mm -hmm. has now led to investigations that led to the podcast so a whole new career for me over 50 wow that's amazing isn't that fun I mean so cool you get um, down is. these rabbit holes that just... I get to do me now. Woo yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's and right. I did check out some of your videos of your investigations, and you guys look like you have a lot of fun, too. We do. We do. You know what it is? We, we're all... I always say we're there for the spirits first because we want to acknowledge them and get what it is that they want set out. And I, t I always tell them, I'm here, and I'm going to write your story, so if you want to talk, talk now. <laughs> and then we like to help those people that are living in that house or in the, working in those businesses so that they could actually deal with the spirits because they are in their place, not the other way around. If we can't get them to move on, we want them to be able to be able to function mm -hmm. right together. And then thirdly is us as, as a team. And when we work with other groups, getting that, that positive vibe going and helping each other out and just enjoying each other's company, it just, it makes for, really great time and it's so much better than just going in and trying to get them to do different things like light up lights or whatever you actually get down to their level and talk to them as like i always say you talk to ghosts as if they're in front of you because they are they were right they were people at yeah. one time so a lot of people are just like oh it's a ghost that's like this is this foreign entity but it's not it's just people that have passed away that haven't moved on mm -hmm. And what I remind people is we're living in their space. So if you could have a haunted house, mm -hmm. it's because they're there still. And the way I like to describe it is kind of like I'm a city girl that moved into the country. Mm -hmm. And I moved into the country and I live here with fox and deer and bear. And, 
and all of this wildlife, I need to conform to them because I'm in their space. Mm -hmm. I need to make sure that they can live comfortably while I'm here. And it's the same thing with ghosts. They're there. You want to be able to acknowledge them and live comfortably if they won't move on. Yeah. Sure. I mean, like the spirits at my house, I think some of them were there. Some of them found this place where other spirits were. And I think some are, you know, family members or friends. So, you know, I always say, it's fine. You can stay. Just don't scare me and don't move my keys. Right? <laughs> like, that's all I care about. <laughs> you can be here all you want. Um, <laughs> just uh, clean the house while you're gone. Right? <laughs> I'm gone. But, um, so going back to your haunted gift shop, did you know that it was haunted before you purchased it or, or ran it? No, no, I didn't. In fact, we had a tenant that had lived in the apartment. It was a three level. There was a oh, store okay. shop on the bottom floor. There was an apartment in the middle level and an apartment that they were renovating on the third floor. And there was a couple that lived on the middle level and she would come down and have a cup of, a cup of joe and sit there and chit chat. And we had been working in the shop and during inventory we spotted this spirit and we're dealing with that because there's like I, I my partner at the time she didn't believe in that sort of thing so she would see it but she would try to unsee it and, and deny that it was there so this woman from upstairs um one day came down and we we're having our cup of joe and she said listen there's something i've been meaning to talk to you about and that's how we discovered that she was seeing the same little old guy that I was seeing and, and, and my partner was seeing and her husband was seeing. So we didn't know at first. And I, I, I do believe it was probably the original proprietor of the home and I mean of this building. Mm -hmm. And why I say that is because a customer came in one day with an old photograph of black and white. And she said, I wanted to gift this to you because oh. this is the front of your building back in like the 1800s. I thought you might want to frame it and put it on you know a, a behind your register and i was like oh thank you so much that is so That's so cool so sweet of you and when i looked at the picture the little old guy was standing right in front of the building oh that's oh, awesome that's cool and i i was like oh my god that's that's his way of telling me hi it's me so i never actually got to find out his name or who he was but i'm sure that he was the one that sent that picture to me so that i could see that it was him and then of course when i showed the, the woman upstairs she's like yeah that's him <laughs> and when i and ended up going to write that chapter of the book and when i was putting it out on social media and i said does anybody have any ghost stories they want to share about this location people came out of the woodwork and there was another family that was having hauntings in the building with the little old guy so and and the funny part about that building is it's it's a two-sided building so the, the the side that we were in is as i described it the other side is a duplicate of it has a whole totally different array of ghosts on that other oh. side of the building, oh, and they they don't they don't mix between the buildings. Hmm. Wow, that's the first time so I've I heard of that. I thought that was kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Now it's um interesting uh, that interesting. they have stuck around that long, or this man has stuck around that long. So he must feel proud that you know the space is being used, and people are living there. You know, mm -hmm. like, I love it. That's so cool. Now the building next door that's attached right that i said has a different variety of ghosts over there they're very particular about the people that have their storefronts there used to be a, a deli in there for years and they loved the spirits the spirits loved them and they got along perfectly well and then when they retired and, and closed up the deli and somebody else came in and was opening up a, a 
egg shop. I, I don't think that they liked the owner. Oh. And they, they used to pick on the employees and give them a hard time, scare them enough that they would quit or they would run out. Oh. And um, just really messing things up for the owner that she didn't last more than six months. So wow. I don't know oh. why they didn't like her, but they did not like her and, and, and scared her enough to leave the building. Wow. And now there's somebody else in there, and I don't think she has any problems. So hmm. it's just strange how things work that way. Yeah, it's it's just like when they're alive, you just get a certain vibe, mm-hmm. and you can either like them or not. And <laughs> they're probably like, "Get out of my space." <laughs> well, you know, when somebody's in there so long term, you know, they get used to that and and understand the comings and goings of the business, and and then you get somebody new in there, you know, just probably not vibing. Yeah. Um, here's a here's a great story that's very similar to what I was just telling you. I just wrote about it in Sussex Three, which just came out this Halloween. There is this house in Lafayette, and I was just getting my nails done, and the technician was hearing me talk with my daughter, who was there with me, and she heard us chit chatting about my latest investigation. It always gets a conversation going, but I knew her ears were, were perking up, and she was like, "Oh my gosh, you do that stuff?" And I'm like. Yeah, and, and she goes, that's you? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, oh, my goodness, I've got a story for you. And so she proceeds to tell me about this home in Lafayette that she and her boyfriend had rented that um, had a really negative effect on them. I mean, they had a really great relationship before they moved into this this place, and they became depressed, and they fought a lot, and um, weird things were happening. And she said she hated the place. She couldn't wait to get out of there, and they didn't last more than three months told the woman that owned the landlord you do know this is haunted and the woman says please don't tell anybody else we don't want them to know apparently the 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 new owner that bought it didn't want to disclose that it was haunted and they were probably having issues in the house themselves that they actually moved out of the house into a camper on the property and rented out the house to people wow so this this young girl and her boyfriend left and when they left their relationship picked up right where it left off before they moved in and everything's copacetic and they're happy as anything. So I'm like, oh, that's a great story. So I said, well, let me see if I can get anybody else to tell me any other stories but that location. So I put it on and this guy reaches out to me and he's like, oh my God, my girlfriend and I moved in there. And he tells me the story verbatim that the manicurist told me. And I'm thinking, maybe this is her boyfriend. Find out, it's a totally different couple that has a, 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 a replicated story. And it just it added two children into the mix and they were all affected wow. by this spirit in this house. So I go, oh, there's gotta be something into this. So I find out, I go into research and I find out that this woman in the 1800s who lived in the house, fairly young, she had probably like 30 years old around there. She was hanging her wash up on a wire line and got struck by lightning and dead, oh. was killed. And so she's one of the spirits. She's the main spirit in this house. There are others, but she's the main spirit. And I'm thinking, okay, well, what's going on? Like, why is she freaking out? What happened to the people that were in there before that? Turns out, I find out there was a, a family that lived in that house for 30 years. And they had the greatest experience with this woman's spirit. They loved her. She was a part of their lives. And I'm thinking, okay, so they end up selling the home to this couple who doesn't want to believe in spirit and negates the spirits and doesn't acknowledge the spirit. And so the spirit's getting angry because rather than having that family atmosphere in this home, this couple 
runs up and it keeps on renting it to couples who end up having terrible experiences with the spirits in the house. And apparently now another couple bought the house from them and it's family oriented again and I don't think they have any problems. But the funny thing is that original family that I was telling you about that lived there for 30 years that had great experience with the spirit, when they finally did tell the spirit that they were selling the house and that they were retiring and downsizing, she was pissed that oh. they left. Because oh. the, the last night that they were in the house, she shook their bed uncontrollably. Oh. And that she, they said that that was the first and only time that she had ever done it. She was angry that they were leaving her, which is kind of sad. I was going to say that. That, that breaks that, my that, heart. That happened that way. <laughs> But it kind of explains why she was angry and then to be not acknowledged by the new people that came in and then, then to give all the couples thereafter a hard time. And apparently that went on consistently with all the people that moved in after they kept on having issues until this young family bought it that owns it now and lives there happily ever after. What's interesting is that she didn't follow that family to where they were going. So it... You know, I wonder if she's yeah. If she's I don't stuck know there. if she had an attachment to the home. Mm -hmm. like, you know, the, the little old farmhouse, really cute. Maybe maybe it was something that she really loved. Maybe her husband was still there because they, they yeah. did say the mm -hmm. kids that had lived there in those thirty years said that they had seen a man in overalls, like a farmer kind mm -hmm. of guy. Yeah, and so I don't know. Maybe maybe she didn't want to leave. Maybe he didn't want to leave. I I, I don't yeah. know, but yeah, and it. I thought about too is when you said that you moved into a um, mobile home or that or a, a camper. camper on the property. They were still on the property, but yet the spirit didn't follow them that far. Yeah. So it's in the house. Yeah, I mean she's intelligent yeah. enough to know who's there and interact with them, and to have be able to physically move things. But yet there didn't or couldn't leave to go be with. The people that they were happy with for so long yeah it's interesting yeah what other but now by that time when the couple moved out their kids were full grown and they they moved out of the house and it was just the husband and the wife that were re retiring and the house was too big for them so they were selling it so that they could go into their retirement home so mm -hmm. i don't know if it was just that whole family because at this point this woman that had lived there she was like a young bride and never had any children so mm -hmm. maybe it was the whole family aspect of having the children sure. grow up in the house. I don't know. Yeah. And you that she liked so much. Wonder too, because of the, the long time span is like, you know, maybe that wasn't really 30 years in, in her time on the other side. It could have been, you know, like five minutes to us, right? Because yeah. <laughs> we don't know what time True. represents on the other side. Right. It's interesting. No, we don't. You're right. I noticed that you do a lot of investigations in Sussex County. I went up online and looked up some haunted locations. That, uh, what other locations have you investigated there? Because it looks like very interesting locations around that area. It really is. But, yeah, I mean, you know just as well as I do that every place is haunted. You mm -hmm. could just go looking and you're going to find something. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm, there are popular haunts in the area that aren't just well known for being haunted. But there are private houses and businesses that are haunted that people have just been coming out and saying, I got something going on in my house. Can you come? And um, it, the, the more popular ones, like uh, in Ogdensburg, there's the Sterling Hill Mine Mining Museum, very haunted, loved the experience there. Um, I do know that the Mineral Museum is haunted, but we meant to go in there before COVID hit and then everything shut down. So we never got in there and I'm, I'm trying to get back in there. Um, but there's local bars, the 
uh, early American Tavern, which used to be Decker Townhouse back in the day, and the Sussex Inn for many years, very haunted. This last book, I ended up writing about the Sussex Art Factory and the Get Juiced building. People would have never thought that they were haunted, but they, they are. Mm-hmm. And it's haunted by a, a, an artist, a well-known artist who lived in the area. Um, so you could just find it anywhere. All of Main Street in Sussex is yeah. haunted. And it's amazing how the, even the antique shops there sage regularly because they know that they're bringing stuff in with the antiques that they bring into the store. But they're already old buildings, so there's yeah. a lot of, lot of history there to begin with. Yeah, so it is. It's very, it's very active in this area, and we have a whole bunch of little towns that run through it. And I was amazed by the response that I got from the public about different stories that they wanted to share. And I thought Sussex County Hauntings was going to be just one book, but now I just finished book three yeah. and, and published it this past October. I did take a, a reprieve and do Warren County Hauntings. Because I started accumulating folders, right? I put it out on social media just about Sussex County, but then somebody came and said, oh, I have this great story about Warren County. Oh, I have this great story about Morris County, Passaic County, Pike County. And before I knew it, I had all these folders that I was developing (laughs) that I said would eventually end up being books if I got enough stories for them. And the Warren County one, I just had to stop and write it because I had such great stories about infamous murders and... Mm -hmm. And I was intrigued because the, the, the ghosts were haunting the area. And I thought, well, if I talk about these stories and tell the public this is what happened and then tell about the hauntings, and if my paranormal team gets over there and does an investigation, I can tell them what we discovered. It just made more for a better story. Yeah. So, yeah. Tell us a little bit um, about some of those stories. Like what type of hauntings are going on? In, in Warren County specifically? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, in Warren County, there's uh, the story of Tilly Smith. She was a young girl who was raped on the campus of the university. She was a worker there and had gone out for a night of theater and fun with friends. And when she was coming back, trying to get back to the building before curfew, she was attacked and raped and murdered. Mm. And, I mean, I when I first read the story, there was a man that was convicted. He was supposed to be hanged for her murder and then he was eventually released when i did my my homework and i i read read up on it researched i realized i didn't believe that he was the actual murderer and nobody really did you know back then they had this this media uproar and they were so strong and firm and in getting somebody convicted and, and just this attention caused them to blame somebody who was just an easy target. And um, that's probably why he wasn't actually hanged and he was actually released because they realized that there was media involvement that caused him to be convicted. And I believe it was really her boyfriend and um, one of his buddies. Mm-hmm. She, she broke up with him, and I believe that's what happened. But there was another case called the Changewater Murders, which is very similar. I, I, I'm confident that the two men that were convicted and hung for those murders were innocent and they were wrongfully accused and i've spoken to people on both sides of the families the the murder victims and the convicted and they all agree that the men were innocent and they were they were convicted and but back then your spouse could not um be your wit like your witness your Mm -hmm. your defense they this man was home with his wife 
taking care of an ailing child, and they would not allow her to say my husband was home with me all night. Oh and goodness. they convicted him and hung him. Yeah. Really, really sad. And up until the moment they were hung, both men said, we are innocent. Just really, really sad. So it's no wonder that those men were haunting yeah. the area because yeah. they were wrongfully convicted. And I actually believe, and so do, does everybody else that I talked to, that it was uh, one of the brother-in-laws who was a real creep who was actually the murderer. So, but just everything just pointed to him. I just can't understand why they didn't do it right. But this this um, religious man who mm-hmm. opened up his mouth and got the people all crazed and put his firm hand down and said, "We got to find somebody." And I mean, that happened. That they just ended up taking these two guys and went with it. It was just really sad. So that's another one of the stories. And then I didn't even know about the Rockport train wreck, which was a locomotive. Mm-hmm derailment back into 1925 somebody had turned me on to the story and said I don't know did you ever hear about it I was like no I didn't and when I went into doing research about it I found out that there was a young man in college several years back who decided to put a monument up in the area it was all messed up and overgrown and he was like that is so sad all these people died here we should acknowledge their their memories and so he, he, this was like a project and a thesis he was working on. He had his, his family come and they cleared this whole area out and they put a beautiful monument up there. And I said, I'm bringing my team down there because yeah. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of activity mm-hmm. because this train derailed in a storm and the people were like uh, burned to death oh, in, no. in this locomotive. It was horrible. And sure enough, there was a lot of activity at that place, a lot. of, And it turned out to be a really great story. So I had these really interesting stories to share with the public along with uh, ordinary people like yourselves telling me about their haunted houses or their haunted shops Mm -hmm. and I said oh this is an addition I really have to write about and so that's why I ended up stopping to write the Warren County one because it was so so interesting and I just dove into it I just love that kind of stuff and then I added the other strange phenomena chapters when I was writing the first book because people were coming out of the woodwork with um Bigfoot stories and UFO stories, oh, okay. and they were so good. I'm like, how am I going to get them into a ghost story in yeah. a book? So I just put other strange phenomena, and I'm really glad that I did because it allowed me to do so many other different things with those chapters. Like I was writing about when people are with their dis- their loved ones at their time of death. Those mm-hmm. are really poignant stories. Yeah. Or when people get visits from their deceased loved ones, great stories. And near-death experiences, oh my gosh, that was amazing. And then reincarnation was the one I just did in, in the last book. And, and people have really loved those stories about getting visits from deceased loved ones or when they're with them at their time of death. So I just continue to write those accounts because they're very uplifting and faith-oriented for people who are looking for that that, that closure that their family members are, are really not gone, that they're always with us yeah. here in one way, shape, or form. So that's been fun, too, being able to just pick the new chapters and what I'm going to do at the end with those. And it's nice because a lot of people, when they think about the paranormal, all they think about is the negative, like demons and stuff like that. And reading yeah. stories like that shows them that it's not, it's, it's family members that just come back and visit. And like Jen was mentioning earlier about time, we don't know what the time is on the other side. So to them, 10 years of visiting, could it be like a day? And, yeah. Yeah. You know, and it shows people that the paranormal is not a scary thing. You don't have to be scared of the paranormal. 
And reading books like this helps so much because it shows them that mm-hmm. they're just people that mm-hmm. are on the other side. And a lot of people yeah. have those experiences and don't know if they're willing to share them and and talk about that kind of thing because maybe they've never had anybody who would listen to them, you know, as as we do our podcasts and you do your podcasts and you write books, you know, it really opens up people to be able to share their experiences that maybe they've never told anybody before. So it's, I think it's changed since the, probably 10 years ago, still people wouldn't want to talk about it, but because mm-hmm. it's becoming such an openly discussed topic, people are feeling more comfortable with opening up about it and, and not being called crazy. They're, they're realizing there are a lot more like-minded people out there that are, have experiences mm-hmm. or are gifted in some way, shape, or form, and that we're not crazy and that these, these right. things do happen and ghosts do exist, and they just want acknowledgement. Yeah, and like being a psychic or an empath or that, a lot of people are afraid because they think that they're weird or whatever. Or are going to be judged. Judged or that, and right. it is. It is really opening up. You, and shows like our shows, you know, help that. And there's a lot, there's a lot more of us out there now, so it's yeah. it's good because we're getting the word out. Mm-hmm. Right, we've yeah. come out of the shadows, right? <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Light. Um, yeah. No, I, you know, it's it's very interesting. I was going to ask you. Um, I just thought about this, but when uh, you are doing your investigations or maybe your podcasts, um, have you had any paranormal experience happen during? Any of your taping for your show? I no, we we haven't. I mean, if it was paranormal, I I wouldn't have I, I wouldn't have known it because I live up in the mountains and we mm-hmm. do get interference oh, from okay. internet a lot. So you could very easily say, oh, it's paranormal, but no, I haven't. <laughs> Other than when I when I've I've done a live, like mm, okay. we just did with my creeping it real show. I just did a live this past weekend where I was at the actual investigation and decided to pull a live. And while we were there, stuff was unfolding like you were watching a paranormal show. Awesome. But it was live. And things were unfolding, and I was trying to explain to the public. Like when, when I finally came on live, we had just connected with a female spirit, and she was messing with my cat ball. Oh, and she was cool. lighting it up with the medium that was there. They were talking to one another. So I was like damn, we just missed it for the live. I said, oh, but you guys got it on video. So I was videoing the video oh. awesome. so they could see this This just happened. We got it on video. This is what just happened. And then um, at one point, the medium um, got a discussion from um, a man came through and she didn't, she didn't, there was, there was a hall of photographs that she didn't know was there. She was in the barroom area and she was having conversations with spirits because it was at an Elks Lodge. And so, you know, there's like this brotherhood of men and then they have the women and an auxiliary. So she's having a conversation with these this man who said he was having like a heated discussion with one of his members about some family issues or whatever. And I don't know if he just wanted to tell her that he was there and this is what had happened, but she walks through the hall of photographs. She goes, oh my gosh, I was just talking to these two guys and it, one of them was him and the other one was him. Huh. And she picked out their pictures and both of them had the black ribbon right next to the pictures, which indicated that they were deceased. And I'm like, <gasps> oh my goodness. So I call over the guy who had invited us to do this investigation and I said, Alex, guess what just happened? And I told him 
And he said, oh my goodness, the, the son of that man is right here in the kitchen right now. So I'm like, oh my gosh, let's go tell him that his dad was just here having a, you know, a time of it in the bar with one of his brothers in the Alps. So it was kind of cool that this was unfolding while I was live. And so that kind of thing happens if I do a live, if something happens and we happen to be present when it happens. Because you know with paranormal, there's no knowing. I mean, you can oh, go yeah. to an investigation yeah. and you can be there for six hours and nothing will happen. And then you can have something happen and you'll be like, oh, that was so great. And then you can go into an investigation and have a shit ton of stuff happening. And then you'll be like, oh, my gosh, I can't yeah. believe all this is happening. So it's it's it, you never you never know what's going to happen. And I really do get excited when uh, there's a lot of us there. Because if there's like seven or eight of us and we have empaths and we have mediums and then we have the, the techie people with all the equipment and we're all in this positive state of mind, it's amazing how much you can make. Um, a connection with all that positive energy and then it's likely that things will happen did you try to communicate with his father when he was after he you told him about it we did but he he was he was like already gone oh okay so but you know i i, I always feel like i i wanted to give that message anyway and i think that from the way the son received it he actually appreciated hearing that his dad was there yeah it was just like affirmation and so to speak oh my gosh my dad was here that's kind of cool yeah sort of speaking of affirmations maybe signs and and messages now have you received any types of i'm sorry um, can you say that yeah so have you ever had personally received any signs or messages through maybe um somebody leaving something for you or you know seeing a certain number or does do those types of things happen in your world those are like the great the greatest investigations when you go to an investigation and you're thinking that you're just going to be reaching spirits that are in the house and you have deceased loved ones that are there it's really really cool and and oftentimes Times it ends up in like a crying spell. Like we're all, all of us, like, oh my gosh, that was so cool. Because we've we've gotten this family member to come through, and and we've reunited them with their loved one, and so yes, it has happened, and I love it when it does. It's great. Now, have you been in any type of um, residential cases where there have been um, maybe a more negative feel to the spirits or the entities that are there and how did you guys deal with that sure i mean I've, I've spoken about several over the years but more recently we did an investigation in high high point country club and it was in the home of a former gangster mobster guy now when this gentleman was alive and he owned it it was a huge manor house and i guess it was kind of like his summer he would come out on weekends and he'd have these huge parties, you know, with the women and the card games and all that sort of thing. And then um, since then, it has become a divided apartment complex. So I, I want to say there's like four apartments it's been divided and it might be more. I don't know. But um, this woman comes up to me at a book signing and she says she's in this apartment and it's affecting her and her husband's uh, moods that they actually have to have like a, a section of the home that's a healing room because it's that bad it's very heavy but it's not only affecting 
the two of them, and they are moving out very soon. They're, they're getting out of this, this apartment, but it's also affecting the neighbors next door and the, the family that lives upstairs. And they would be willing to have you guys come and see if you could figure out what's going on. So by the time we get there, now you're talking, I'm making arrangements to go within like the next two weeks. And by the time we go there, the upstairs apartment's already vacated. Those people left, they're gone. And so it's only these, the two, her and her husband and the two women that live next door. I'm like, wow, they, they said the turnover is really bad. And they also have a lot of like power electrical issues too with appliances and their electrical bill is sky high and there's no explanation for it, that kind of stuff happening. And um, so we get in and obviously when you have mediums there and they can, they can see the spirit. So it's really cool when you're walking with them and they say, I see this little old guy hunched over in the corner so we kind of thought that he was the mobster guy and we were trying to figure out if um he was ailing and and if he had like hospice or something in the bedroom because the bedroom was very active but after we were there for several hours a lot of a lot of shit went down with the mobsters i'm sure there were bodies in the lake <laughs> from what we were getting from this investigation it was like oh, a lot of stuff going on but i'm sure that there were a lot of like uh, unwanted pregnancies and aborted babies and this was what we were visualizing happening in the master bedroom upstairs i guess with the mobster he must have had his i don't know if she was his wife or his girlfriend or his affair or whatever and um she had an unwanted pregnancy and i think something went wrong so there was a lot of this negative stuff going on. And um, we, 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 I mean, you have that negative aspect to begin with, right? This mobster and, and not having a good track record in life in this building and all the stuff that went on while he was there. But then we find out the two women that live next door, they're paranormal enthusiasts and they go on investigations on their own. And you know, people who are not really familiar with it and don't know what they're doing can get in trouble. Mm -hmm. So this one woman, she likes to go to places and take home trophies. (gasps) So she was bringing, she was bringing shit into her house. So the one thing that she did, she went to Leavenworth, which is like an asylum. Mm -hmm. And she brought stuff home from there. So now you got the asylum stuff and you got the mobster stuff and those two do not mix. Mm -hmm. And this place was a mess. I mean, we couldn't wait to get out of there. Could not wait to get out of there. It was just really, really bad mojo. And we told her, you better bring that stuff back where you got it from. You don't want to be taking stuff home with you like that. That's the worst thing you could do. So they weren't helping the situation at all. It was already a bad situation, and they just made it worse. Yeah, you talk about attachments. They're <laughs> they're actually bringing the they're actually going to get the attachments. Right. Just mm-hmm. open the door. Yeah. Come on in, everybody. Yep. <laughs> and but then you should have seen how it was affecting. I mean, I mean, it was oh. so clearly. I mean, the the elderly couple, and and how it was affecting them. I felt so bad for them. But these two women, it was like major affecting them. I mean, they were. The alcohol and the weed, mm-hmm. and they were just like off, off. They, they were just off, way off. And then even their animals, they had dogs. They were just all hyper, and it was just a really bad situation. Oh, wow. So I told them to bring that stuff back and get rid of it. They yeah. should have never brought it home with them. Have you had anything follow you home personally? 
I did, I did in the very beginning when I first started doing this, and I would have sleep paralysis a lot, mm. and that, that freaked me out. Yeah. Uh, and then I would cleanse the house, and then when it started affecting my daughter, then that was even worse. It was like, oh, great, because her having sleep paralysis, it was one thing if it was me, now her. So I really took drastic measures and really cleansed the house, and now I make sure that I'm protected. I mean, I never go anywhere there without my protective stones <laughs> and the protective oils. And, you know, you say your prayers and tell yep. them they can't come home with you. And, and so far, so good. So since then, I haven't had anything. That's bad. Yeah, Joe and I learned yeah. that lesson, you know, after hours and hours of being in overnight paranormal investigation, being so tired and just leaving the place and not even thinking yeah. about, like, telling the spirits, just stay there, just stay. <laughs> We forget, and then all of a sudden, oh, man, I'm seeing stuff in my house now. <laughs> Is there any really um, amazing cemeteries uh, near where you live, and have you visited or investigated in them? Sure. I mean, there's there's quite a few, but the, the one that I love the most is Deckertown because it's really old in one section. It goes back to like the Civil War, Revolutionary oh, War. My. And I got one of my greatest catches on, on camera at that particular cemetery. We were doing kind of like a cemetery, cemetery tour at night with a group. And you know how they tell you to take individual pictures in, in like secession, mm -hmm. one, two, three, one, two, three. So by the end of the night, I went home with like must have been a hundred or so pictures <laughs> that I had to go through. And, and while we were there, we had seen like mysterious faces on the stones and my daughter got her hair tugged and her oh, jacket wow. tugged. So that kind of stuff was happening. But when I went through the pictures, I got a great catch of um, um, this really handsome uh, man with his riding jacket on and his ascot. And he looked like he posed for the picture. I got a part of him in one picture and then a full body picture of wow. him in the other and it was just like oh wow that was so cool and then I got another one that almost looks like it's a, a, a it's very very um very ghostly I mean mm -hmm. it wasn't as if you could see, like the man's picture you could see a full body apparition but the other picture is almost kind of like a um very see-throughy kind of photograph of a ghost but he, he clearly looks like he's like a civil war soldier oh. carrying his weapon and that was all in one night, which, you know, is rare that you right. can get stuff like that in one night. So it was very, very exciting. But it was a full moon. It was just mm, the perfect yes. atmosphere for it. So <laughs> they must have just been all out waiting for us to come there. <laughs> and, you know, we did we did a show about the moon and, and its effects. Um, I, I don't know. Personally, I just believe that spirits are more active during the full moon. So, like... Try to plan mm. your investigations around that and just see I if agree. it does make any difference because, hey, why not? Mm -hmm. Let's go see these ghosts, right? Come on, ghosts. <laughs> Come on over. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that you're in the cemetery, you know, a lot of people will say, well, why would the cemeteries be haunted? They're not, you know, they didn't pass away there. But that's where you remember people at. Yeah. And you're mm -hmm. going up the stones, calling out their names. You know, we... Mm -hmm. We've known that spirit doesn't have to stay in one place. They can travel. Sure. And when somebody calls out their name and remembers them, it's a perfect chance for them to come back and say, hey, I'm still here. I'm still here. You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because they know you're, you're calling to them, that they're trying to, they're trying to respond to you. Mm -hmm. I always think it's interesting, too, when you do have, like, civil, say, a Civil War ghost 
they're so curious because they don't know what your modern equipment is or sometimes our vernacular or our sayings or whatever. I almost feel like they have this curiosity about them. Like they want to come and see, okay, like, who is this lady walking here in pants? You know, like maybe they never saw a woman wearing pants. Only ball gowns. Yeah, I try to I try to be mindful of that when going into an investigation mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. remember that you don't know who it is that you're dealing with and to let them know that if you don't know what this is, mm-hmm. I want to explain it to yep. you, how you can use it. And for the exact reason that you just said, they may not even have a clue. They have no idea. And you're the only way that they are to finding out and maybe even getting some answers or some communication going. Yeah. We try to use some older fashion type techniques too, things that they would understand, you know, maybe bringing a a token of like tobacco or a candle versus a flashlight, Mm. you know, depending on the location. Don't, don't burn down your paranormal (laughs) investigations with candles people. But, um, I like to use the dowsing rods too. Yes. Yes. With them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and because I'm an empath and I, I don't, I'm not able to communicate as if, if a medium were to, the uh, dowsing rod is a great technique for me to just get those yes and no answers. I use a pendulum too. Mm. We, we pretty much like to use old school yep. stuff because it's just as effective. You know what I mean? Like the cat toy is a very inexpensive tool to use. And, um, and that's not like old school, but that's something that mm-hmm. I find is very effective too. So. Yeah, we use dowsing rods at all our investigations, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I use them to find grave sites. I actually go out and clean off grave sites. I've used them to find grave sites, stuff like that. But, you know, I think about, like, thinking of a Civil War um, spirit. You know, he's out in the field fighting, and then the next second, because you never know how fast they pass away or that. You know, he could have passed away instantly, and next thing he knows, there's someone saying, here, light these lights up. And he's like, you know, what's going on? You know, and yeah. one of the things I always say, too, is this is not magic. This is just something that we made, and this is how we communicate in our time mm-hmm. yeah, because we right. don't know what it's like on the other side. Have you ever encountered any animal spirits? I did. We did an investigation in uh, the home of Lotta Crabtree. She was a famous actress uh, way back when, and she owned a summer cottage. Her idea of the summer's cottage was this mansion. She owned a summer cottage (laughs) on Lake Hopakong back in the day. And the family who was living there recently had invited us in to do an investigation. And when we were there, one of the mediums picked up on their deceased golden retriever. And uh, we're even able to, she was even able to describe the dog's personality. And how every dog has a certain personality, mm-hmm. and they do things a certain way. And the way she described it, then they're like, oh my gosh, that's our dog. And they were so <laughs> excited that the dog was coming around. So, yeah, every once in a while, you'll get somebody's family pet. Uh, we've had a horse, a, a farmer's horse. Oh. So, um, yeah, that they were really excited about. So that kind of stuff, especially where I live, where it's farmland, we mm-hmm. <laughs> we do get animals. <laughs> That's interesting. And what about um, spirits of children? Have you ever encountered any um, child spirits? Sure. Um, in Burnbray Mansion, there is a spirit of a little girl named Ellie. And my name is Ellie. I'm Eleanor, but mm-hmm. I've gone by Ellie growing up. And when I went in, the first thing I did was say, hi, Ellie, my name is Ellie, too. And so in that very first investigation, I connected with her. 
and my daughter and I sang, sang Ring Around the Rosie to her because she was five years old when she passed away. Okay. So we had a really great connection, and she wanted to communicate with me, I guess, because of that mm-hmm. interaction. Then the second time I went back, I did the same thing and said, Hi, Ellie, I'm back again. And she actually came down the stairs and was peeking at the bottom of the stairs looking at because I was giving a presentation that night because mm-hmm. I had organized a whole tour of people to come. And um, she was peeking down at the stairs at us. Oh, so that was kind of cool. That's so cool. Uh, and in that actual, so that, 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 that investigation too, I was staying in um, the master suite with two other women. And one of the women's name was Margaret. And the head of the household who lived there, whose spirit, her name was Margaret, which is kind of cool. So Margaret came in the room that night, which was really neat. But I, um, I got woken up by a ghost cat. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm, I'm laying there and I feel this cat jump on me oh. and I actually thought it was the homeowner's cat and I, I get up out of bed to try and, and go come here kitty 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 looking for this cat and I turn around and the door is closed and I'm going oh shit it was a ghost cat <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was I was actually I was really excited about that and um, I mentioned it to the homeowner she goes oh so you got a taste of the cat people you know get get bothered by the cat all the time I, I was just like okay I was, I was excited that it was me <laughs> so I love that, that you one. made that connection with the child because yeah, it was great in fact we were there we were there that very first investigation we were there with another paranormal team that was holding the event and so they had the cameras going and they 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 had uh, audio with us in our rooms the whole night so you could hear if we were snoring and all that kind of stuff <laughs> along with the activity that might have been going on but they had the black room too where they, they had the cameras going and they called you in pairs. Oh. And there was a couple in there before my daughter and I, we were waiting for our turn and they, they stopped and they came out and they said, she wants Ellie to come into the room. Oh, so cool. that was me. So we went in and we ended up, like I said, singing Ring Around the Rosie and telling her, because I, I work in kindergarten during the week. So I, I work with children that young for mm-hmm. years. And uh, so I told her that. So... It was it was a great connection. Oh, and when they played the audio back afterwards, because they, I guess they didn't have the techniques now where you can just listen to it right away. They had to go through the footage afterwards. They ended up having in that session in that black um, when we were in the black room, her say my name is Ellie, which wow. was kind of cool. That was That's the awesome. EVP they got. Yeah, so I love it though. It was sweet. I love the connection like that because there's so many people that call themselves paranormal investigators or whatever, and we'll go in and they'll say all this stuff, but they'll talk to them. It's, it's like someone just screaming, light up the lights or light, you know, instead of you've got to get down to their level. And like my style of investigations, if I know it's a kid, I'll sit on the floor mm-hmm. and talk to them mm-hmm. as a kid, you know, and right. instead of, you know, if you think it's a kid ghost instead of saying, Light up that REM pod or that, you know, they don't know. They're going to be scared yeah. if somebody yells at them. They're children, right? Like, especially yeah, and especially if you don't know what era they came from. Yeah. We just did an investigation in Penhurst uh, in November, mm-hmm. and we were there with another another paranormal team that we were working with, collaborating with that night. And the one woman, she works with young children too, but she works with them on the psychological basis, like she's a psychologist. And she's gone back there several times, and she's always connected with the children's spirits mm. from Penhurst, and actually been able to help a lot of them move into the light, which was so exciting to hear. 
And when we were there this night, there was another little boy that she connected with that she was trying to reconnect with from her prior visit. And she found him and she reconnected with him. And he told her his whole story, how he was bullied and that it was a bully that injured him, causing his death. And that they were still there, the bullies were still there with him, which was horrible to hear that this little boy yeah. was there with his bully. And we were protecting him from the bullies and saying, they can't hurt you. Do you see that light? Walk to the light. So we got him to ignore the bullies who were trying to keep him from talking to us. And we got him to move into the light, which was just a really exciting experience to be a part of. Makes you feel good. Does. Yeah. But before we let you go, we want to hear about your latest book is the Sussex County Huntings and Other Strange Phenomenon. Can you tell us one standout story from that book that's going to make our listener just get on Amazon right now? Buy it, buy it, buy it. Buy <laughs> all three of the yes. series. You have to buy them all. There's this, there's this old Tudor house. In Hamburg, I, I was trying to write this story since book one, mm-hmm. and I got the account from the the employee that worked for the lawyer there, but I really wanted to get the lawyer to tell me the story, and she finally connected with me when I was writing this book and told me exactly what happened, and it was a mean spirit. I mean, mm-hmm. knocking her worker down the stairs, messing with her cat and her dog, moving stuff, and... It finally got to the point where she finally said, the house is yours. It's yours. I'm leaving. And she just dropped everything and left. Crazy story. Yeah. But to hear it, to hear it straight from her was kind of cool. Because, yeah. you know, when you hear it second, second um, hand, mm-hmm. to hear it from her, it did happen. And I had to get out of that house. I, I couldn't. I, it was her house slash office. And... Um, she just had to get out. She gave, she gave it to the spirit. She said, uh, it's yours. I'm wiping my hands clean. It's the emotion of the story, too. And like I said, if you hear Absolutely. it secondhand, the emotion's not there. Right. But, yeah. True. But, but if you like reincarnation stories, the reincarnation yeah. stories are really, really wonderful. Um, they're, they're, they're coming from people who are adults who found out who they were in a previous life. But there's a story in there about a five-year-old boy who was telling his mom that she's not his first mom. He had oh. a mom before oh. and explaining in perfect detail what happened to him when he passed away. And the little boy is very sensitive to spirit too, whereas the mom and the grandpa are as well. So it runs in the family and they nurture it and they grow, it, which is such a big deal. Yeah. If you are gifted that you have that nurturing as you're growing because it helps you to grow your gifts when it's stifled. You don't know it and you can't grow it as quickly. So this little boy is, is gifted in that respect, but he also is reincarnated and, and his story is really sweet and, and poignant too. It's amazing that kids remember their past lives. And okay. there's so many times where people just push it off as, oh, just imaginary friend, but it's not. They're, they're no. experiencing things. And then, like you said, they get stifled down and they kind of forget about it and then they don't ever talk about it and it's sad you know from my research from my research children can hold those memories up until they're like six yeah but if they're nurtured if they're grown if they're discussed they can take them into adulthood and Mm -hmm. find out even more about who they were it's when they shut it down that they Mm -hmm. forget and then they come into this new body and 
live this new life forgetting who they were before. But what I found from my um, investigation, not excuse me, research, a lot of a lot of the traumas that people feel are carried over from previous mm-hmm. lives and a lot of physical birthmarks and beauty marks mm-hmm. are supposedly indications of how you died in your previous life. So it's all very, very interesting how it's intertwined and connected. Yeah, and in, in India, it's well known that they'll actually yes. mark the body before they pass away so that they can see if that mark is on the body when or in, when they're reincarnated. They have a strong belief in reincarnation mm-hmm. over there, and they, when they can reconnect to previous lives, families, they incorporate them into their own lives mm-hmm. and yeah. their own families there was and a, accept them as their own. It's was, just incredible. The stories from mm-hmm. India are just yeah. amazing. Yeah. Just, oh, my goodness. I was just blown away. I remember uh, hearing one story about a um, little boy said, you know, mentioned that you're not my mom, my mom, or I have another wife or, you know, or I have a wife, you're not my mom. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then they're like, they take her, take the kid to this where he says, and he's like, why'd you move this? Why'd you move that? You know? Yeah. And it is crazy. I just read an article about that. They are, have developed scientific proof that, um, Psychic abilities are hereditary, which I think is amazing. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I'll find it. If I find it, I'll send it to you. But it was just I mean, really haven't we, fascinating. haven't we suspected that all yeah, along, right? right? Yep. Passed you down know? from generation to generation, or sometimes skipping generations. And interesting mm-hmm. enough, too, going from maybe a grandmother to a grandson or a grandfather to a granddaughter or, you know, not just the female lineage or the male lineage. Which I think is fascinating. I've heard so many yeah. times where we all have the abilities. We just haven't figured out how to nurture or bring them out. Very true. Yeah. yeah. Very true. Yeah, we all have that instinct in us. You know, you feel you the hairs on your back of your neck stand up when somebody's yeah, watching that you. Deja vu, yeah. that gut feeling, mm-hmm. that like... Oh, I heard that, you know, that little voice in your head, that little voice in your head is that voice. Mm-hmm. And I try and tell that to people all the time. You got to listen. Right. Because if you, the more you listen, the more you'll see and realize. And how many times have you heard that voice and not listened? And you're like, I should have Damn turned it. left and I turned right. <laughs> <you know>? Exactly. <laughs> that's my exactly. That's my dad <laughs> whispering in my ear. <laughs> Slow down. Stop at this light. Don't run that light. You know? It's your spirit it's, guard. It certainly saved, it saved many lives mm-hmm. I've yeah. heard over the years where they listened to that voice. Yeah. And, your spirit guide smacking in the back of the head. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Definitely. Well, you know, Eleanor, I really, really appreciate you taking your time out of your day and you're busy with your podcast and all your books and let our listeners know once again where they are able to go um, if they wanted to check out you or your your team. Thank you. You can find everything there is about me and my team on authoreleanorwagner.com. Uh, the books are available on Amazon, but you can get them right through that link as well, okay. authoreleanorwagner.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. We had a blast. And we could Thank talk for so hours, for but me. we only have an hour. Right. You know? <laughs> So yes, more hope, ghost stories. Hope to have you on again. <laughs> yeah, and sure. I'm looking forward to being on your show. 
on the 22nd. I appreciate that. I can't wait. And hopefully we'll yes, talk some I spooky stuff. And I'll mention about the giants and the mounds mm. and all that kind of stuff. Yes. And you, so if you ever get, ever get to Ohio, please come to Ohio and go to Ohio State Reformatory, Mansfield Prison. We will meet you there if you have not been there already. Cool. No, I haven't been. <gasps> I would love that. Thank you. Oh, Oh, you were be in for a treat <laughs> at that place. <laughs> but no, really, really appreciate it. And then if you ever are traveling this way, please, you know, get a hold of us and we'll take you to all those scary and spooky haunted spots. Definitely. Thank you. And New Jersey is open to you as well. Yay. Thanks. All right. Thank you. And we'll talk to you later. All right. Good and night. Thank you, listener, for tuning in this week. As we always say, please get up on our website. We have our t-shirts for sale we have all that but look in the show notes i'll link everything we talked about in the show notes and i'll link up eleanor's latest book once you click on that you can click on all her books and buy every single one because you can't just buy the the third one you have to buy the first and second also exactly all right well thank you for tuning in this week let's leave with some 60 second crush goodbye everyone (laughs) 